startups that are bootstrapped, they're really businesses already. The problem is when you do that, you're most likely going to hire awesome people who are going to do awesome things. To me, that's that's maybe there's a way to just kind of start over a little bit. Hey, listener, this is Adam Beta. My name is Peter Soom, and my co-host is Matt Wensing. Matt is the founder of Summit, and I'm the founder of Reform. And on this podcast, you get to follow along on our startup journeys. Don't forget to check out our website on adabeta.fm to find our entire back catalog and other resources, including our Start Here page for new listeners. Let's go. Hey, Matt. Hey, Peter. How you doing? I'm good. I got my, uh, got my COVID voice. Yeah. Uh, how's the COVID mind and body? Are you feeling good? Not so good? It's, uh, it's, I think it's mostly over. I'm in the tired phase and, uh, there's weird things I can't smell or taste. Mm-hmm. Like, literally mm-hmm. with some stuff, just get nothing and other things are pretty normal. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, I had too much information warning here, but, uh, my, uh, <laughs> My son's diapers. They Not a are. Problem. They, you 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 easily miss one. Let me put it that way, because they they I get nothing nothing. Same with my wife. Not her diapers, <laughs> but uh, she also doesn't smell anything. That's amazing. Uh, that's a that's a superpower. That's not a. It's not a limitation. Well, except uh, it's one of the indicators that you have work to do. Is the the odor. Hmm. Hmm. Spreading. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, and then I was I was telling Bjorn that I was having potato chips yesterday. They were normal. Carrots couldn't taste them, but you know I prefer that's potato funny. chips. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like how you say it. Just like like your body's thinking of you when these things happen. It's like, what is Peter like? Well, just yeah. sort of let's let's, <laughs> let's design it for him. <laughs> let's keep those. Yeah. No, it's actually running amok. You have no say, but you got lucky. That's great. Yeah, I yeah. was wondering, like, when they were sitting in Wuhan and designing the wires. <laughs> oh, jeez! How they picked these features? <laughs> we're doing this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> how do we get product market fit? How do we make sure this thing goes viral? Yeah. That's right. Um, yep. Yeah, but uh, it was it was rough for a couple of days. Everyone said Omicron would be really mild and. But I guess we're one of the few people that never had COVID so far. So um, it yeah. was super mild, at least not for us. Uh, so I think the strain. The time. I think the latest strain is is worse than it was. Again, still Omicron, maybe, but it's a worse worse strain because yeah, our it could uh, be one of our kids got it uh, recently for the first time. Uh, they finally got caught, and uh, it was not great. It was kind of a pretty miserable it's, it, flu. It's also been a long time since we got vaccinated, and our son mm-hmm. is not vaccinated because he's a, mm-hmm. a, you know, he's one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he got a really high temperature. He was pretty sick. We got mm-hmm. pretty sick as well. We had temperatures as well, and yeah, um, had to stay in bed. And well, not really because you have a child, but like, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> take turns. <laughs> yeah. And exactly just like get it was so weird like super cold super hot super cold super hot and like yeah. roller coaster then yesterday was like a sinus infection and headaches and yeah we're uh mostly uh 
mostly back on track now. Anyways, uh, to me, it's like new and interesting COVID, but to everyone else, it's like boring old news. So uh, yeah. I think maybe that's all we need to talk about that. But um, yeah, we're back on track. And I will say, I put in my investor update that June was challenged <laughs> time-wise with both mm-hmm. me and Bjorn having COVID for a week each and me being away on vacation for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, did, was there anything... It didn't sound like there was anything particularly that you didn't get to that you wished you had. There's just um, there's just not enough time to do more stuff, uh, in other words. Because it still seemed... I mean, you got some good stuff out there still. Um, the convert kit yeah. integration. So the, it, was, yeah. it was okay. It's just, uh, just not mm-hmm. a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are you? Um, good. Yesterday was the fourth, uh, nice little party here, um, which was fun and, uh, friends, food, all that good stuff and, uh, super hot, but it's Texas in the summer. So what do you expect? Um, but I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I I think, uh, really happy with how things are going work-wise, uh, progress is we're about to hit this deadline which is exciting we had said june uh july 11th is when we wanted to ship uh these platform features that was our internal goal nice and we're on track for that i would uh love to hear more about that after i've uh told you this news that we Mm. have a sponsor this week (laughs) again oh um, that's right and and actually, I don't think I've really told you about them. They're going to be a sponsor for a long time. They're uh, going to be a season sponsor, is what we call it. So they're going to sponsor three months, which is really nice, because then we can kind of dive deep, and listeners can get to know them better, and we won't have to find another sponsor for the next three months. And um, yeah, I, I purposefully saved... Uh, this part of like telling you about it <laughs> until this episode, because I, I thought that would be like a great intro for our listeners as well. So I won't yeah. do like a traditional uh, sponsor role this week. I'll just tell, tell you who it is and kind of like give you the background on, on why they're sponsoring. Cause I think it's, it's kind of cool. So yeah, it's a company called Eduflow. They're here in Denmark. It's a, um, they're an eduflow.com. They're a LMS or like a learning management system um, where you can build the, so the, the way I see it is like you can build uh, internal courses and, and, and training material. Right. So it's almost like a, you're, you're selling an online course or something, but you're not like it's internally for your own organization. Right. Uh, there is a dedicated out of beta uh, page on the website as well, but I want people to go and check out their, website edgeflow.com because i think it's one of the best SaaS websites i've seen in a long time it's just even if you don't care about what they sell like you should just go check out the website because it's just a case study in how you should do like a really well uh b2b SaaS website it has like yeah. it has everything and it's like it's really well designed they have a, des- a designer uh he's on twitter simon lind um he he does all the designs. It's just really well done, and you know, like they have like all the fancy logos. But then when you hover the logos, there's an actual case study. They have wow. templates. They have different ways to contact them, it's, and it's all 
beautiful as well. So it's it's rare to see a website where it's all like really well designed, and it also from like a business point of view is like really well done. So awesome. just that in and of itself is like something yeah. that you should go check out eduflow.com. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's very slick. Yeah, and he did also do at eduflow.com slash out of beta, which has like our podcast on there as well. Um, and a nice discount for listeners so that we'll talk about more uh, maybe another time. Um, but yeah, so David, uh, the founder of the company, he's listened to this podcast, I think, for a long, t- for a very long time because I've been emailing with him several times. I think he's talked to you about Summit as well, maybe at least. Um, but he's a super cool dude. He's got a, a, a PhD from the from the engineering university here in Denmark. And um hmm. And that's how the company started as well. So they started as like a peer review tool. I think it's called PeerGrade. And um, they, they, he built that because he needed it for his own like PhD stuff. And he he sold it into universities because it, people just, it's, it's the kind of thing where people just started asking for it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think we're going to have him on um, very soon to like tell the story because it's, it's a really good story about how it started. Um, he's so like Danish. So I was talking to him and he's like, I, I, you know, I've, I've talked to him a few times cause he's a listener of the podcast and he's been like reaching out, but I've never really like, you know, did any research on him or anything like that. But he's like, yeah, like we're just like a, you know, like a super like normal startup, you know, like raised a little angel round, did YC, uh, like raised a seed round and we're profitable now. And like, wait, <laughs> Is actually not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Just your plain vanilla company that's hit all the gates and succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. So they raised like one and a half million or something like that. Um, And they've gone through YC when they were still peer grade. Um, And now they've pivoted that old company entity into Eduflow. So it's the same cap table. And they're profitable now. I think there are 14 people or something like that. So they're just done really well um nice and build a really cool product i so this is the final thing i'll say this week is i asked him why he um why he wanted to sponsor us and and why he was he wanted it to be three months because you know it's a it's a larger investment than just a month obviously and um and it's not like we're a super big podcast or anything like that but he he said that he really liked the new uh, format and and i really liked um that he said that he thought that it was a really good opportunity for because it is b2b and 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 all our listeners are mostly like people running businesses as well so Mm -hmm. they actually when we are buying software from other businesses like it actually means a lot to us if we know more about those companies and it just gives you so much more empathy about another company when you know their story so yeah. he basically believes that by like having his story like the story of his business eduflow um shared here on the this podcast and for over three months like um our listeners getting to know them they're just so much more likely to remember them in the future and maybe wanting to try yeah. out their software and I, I bet their software is really amazing and looks great as well just based on the landing page yeah um, and he said, yeah. he said he's a big fan of um, of the podcast My First Million, which I really enjoy as well. 
they have really boring ads though and it's the same ads every <laughs> week but he said i don't remember mm. any of the companies that are podcasts that they talk about in their ads but he was like hmm. but you know like i remember whimsical i remember feature upvote like i i because i care about them because i heard their story and he said that he actually always skips ads but this is ours is the first time that he's ever really listened to podcast ads um and it, it's it's not the first time i've gotten this uh sentiment basically so cool. i think we're onto something it, yeah. it was awesome to chat to uh, david and we're going to tell the story here and we're going to in future episodes talk about what edu actually is this was just kind of like to get you up to date um that we we have a new sponsor they're going to be around for a long time um so we'll have a lot of time to uh get all the details kind of like figure it out and share it with cool. people but uh, yeah they're a really cool company cool people uh, check out the website because it's beautiful and it's well done and then we'll talk more about <laughs> if you want to use them <laughs> uh, their product yeah. in in future episodes so uh cool yeah that's a uh, news great nice work man also on the yeah building relationships and um making this successful in the ways we talked about a couple months ago now so it seems like it's working yeah yeah, I hope because this is going to like take most sponsor work off my plate for the next three months. So hopefully I can That's spend nice. some more time on the actual show <laughs> instead of yeah. the, on the ads. I feel like we're kind of like the ads are starting to work so we can do other things, spend my time on other things. Yeah, great. Yeah. Now I really want to hear what's going on <laughs> with uh, with Summit now that I got my stuff Cool. Out. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that. And yeah, let's see, just kind of going back in my mental uh, filing cabinet here. So we had a deadline right of July 11th, which is when we wanted to release this, um, release these platform features, uh, get them live and then, you know, marketing soon thereafter with a new website, et cetera. And feeling really good about that deadline because the work is wrapping up. It's probably the right way to say it. You know, there's the hard stuff is done. <laughs> uh, it's working and uh, we're not finding a lot of bugs yet. Of course, we're going to put it through its paces this week more. Uh, and then users will put it through its paces as they start to use it. But um, some neat stuff. One, uh, I've talked about, uh, let me skip the stuff I've talked about before because uh, I don't want to repeat it for listeners, but I'll just, <laughs> I'll summarize it by saying you're going to be able to publish your own little apps uh, on Summit instead of um, just viewing them for yourself. So that's the big feature. But um, one, a couple new things on the edges is we are now experimenting with it um, as an API, which is something we've dreamt about or thought about for a while. And that basically means that you can power a feature or uh, another app using a Summit model, which uh, I saw demoed, uh, proof of concept. Peter put together a proof of concept um, today and saw it for the first time, which was in Bubble. And I just really am excited about this uh, intersection between Bubble and Summit um, and, and also other low-code, uh, no-code solutions because while it's true that be having an API means that we can also serve the needs of developers that write you know, Python, PHP, Ruby, JavaScript, etc. I love that, you know, we have a visual IDE, the editor is visual, the coding, you know, uh, environment is visual in Summit. So it's very 
it's different and it's accessible. And I think that means that it's more likely to be used by folks in the low code, no code space who are like learning programming or who can build great stuff, you know, using interfaces like that. Um, but what really kind of blew my mind today watching it was most other low code platforms, you can't imagine them really being headless. Like if you took the interface away, there really wouldn't be a point to the product because the interface is the reason you're using that product. So I'll give you an example, like um, Retool is an internal app builder, uh, which is very successful. And you're like dragging and dropping components on the screen to create this internal app. But like those drag, those components, those, those drop downs, search bars, tables and everything, that is like what Retool gives you. That's the reason it exists is to like provide you with that interface. And here we are saying, no, actually we're gonna provide you with the interface, but you're actually authoring code as well, which we can run for you. And then you can use the results of those functions in any other app, anywhere, in any interface. You can you know, link to it, you can embed it, you can call it by API. So I, it really excites me to think that, you know, there could be a summit powered feature inside of a Webflow marketing site inside of a bubble app, inside of a retool internal app, um, eventually inside of an Airtable, et cetera. So like we can just power and support like infrastructure, all these other tools, which are also low code or no code, but we, we can still add value even if they don't use our interface. And I think I love the editor and I love the WYSIWYG and the app interface, but if that's not what you want, if you want to style it yourself or control the interface, you know, control the styling, like you can do that. And I just really, <laughs> the go-to-market sort of growth lead in me really loves the idea of being able to tell people that it's, um, it can be connected to or embedded in or called from or linked to from like any of these other tools. And so we're not, people don't have to choose between Webflow or Summit or Retool or Summit, they can have both, you know, and that's, um, or Bubble and Summit as the example was in my tweet. So um, we can link the tweet in the show notes. I added it. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, not something we're trying to get in by the 11th necessarily, but seeing that I saw proof of concept today and it was running real code and it worked, it's not far off. And that makes me really happy because, you know, we can, get, and I actually think the takeaway maybe for listeners is like, there's a product management. There's a lot of product management decisions that I'm making right now at Summit that I think could be applicable to others. And maybe to make that concrete, we have our own app view now, and you have a form on the left and charts and a table and a headline. We want to be able, we want to expand that so that you can add blocks and texts and images and embed things. Like we wanna sort of give you more of a Dreamweaver-like experience over time. But we also wanna have this API access elements or layers so that you can get it. And, and I think the question is like, okay, well, which do you work on first? We're a small team, right? And so what I decided was, you know, we're never going to get to the end of all of the requests that people are gonna have for us to make the WYSIWYG and the app view more flexible, more capable. Hey, I want to be able to do this, that, or the other. I want to be able to sort and arrange and resize, and you know, it's, you know, it's gonna. I want multiple pages, that kind of thing. 
So I'm choosing right now to point the team, point ourselves at the features like the API, like embeds, like like um, publishing that really give our users an escape hatch or a release valve, if you will, where, okay, you can do anything, right? Now, it means you have to do more work, but if you want total control, like total control is there for you. And then we can kind of work on closing the gap between DIY, but total total control, but DIY versus less control, but it's really easy and you know you can just do it quickly and you don't have to do it yourself. And so it's hard because that means that you know we're going to go to market with like a some user facing elements that are not as polished or as like robust as they could be. But the plumbing and the the plumbing and the capabilities will all be there. And so it's like, yeah, if you don't like our charts, <laughs> you can just get the data and make your own charts in whatever interface you want, wherever you want. And in the meantime, we're going to keep working on our charts and making them better, but at least we're not stressing out going like our charts aren't good enough and that's the only option really. And so if there's, when you face these situations, you know, that's one thing to think about is if you do it in one order, does it take the pressure off, you know, you from having to ship, getting that feature rat race, if you will, or that treadmill where it's just like <laughs> always something else. Um, so yeah, that's, that was the, those are some of the decisions that we're making, some of the new features. And yeah, I think that's, that's the product side. Um, needless to say, very bullish on the capabilities at this point. So now we just need to start marketing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> need to start sharing. Or maybe with the they'll world. just come since you build. Right, them. right, 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 right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I, actually, what I I realized was you got to take it to them. That's the funny thing, right? Like if you build it you must still take it to them <laughs> and like find them where they are and get get shelf yeah. space the yeah. danish word for marketing is it, it the literal meaning of that is more like unloading so it's Ooh. more about yeah. like you you take it to someone and like load it off <laughs> Completely. So it's more of a like you, 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 I picture like going to a market and like unloading your truck to like people standing in a line, right? Right. You really need to put the go and go to market. People are thinking yeah. like, oh, go to market. It's like, no, go to market. <laughs> go to markets. <laughs> yeah. Take your product with you and then yeah, present your, it to them yeah. in the way that they understand. Put it right? in a suitcase. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of fun um, and definitely feels. Feels like progress. I think, uh, oh, one other kind of fun, relatable thing is we had a, a customer or a user email us today and ask about consulting. Like, will we do consulting work to help somebody set up their their summit um, models or apps? And uh, the answer is our team doesn't internally, and I don't want to do that work. But we have been developing some resources externally that are fluent in summit, but also have a financial background or accounting background and so i was able to make an introduction um between those two nice. and that felt really good that felt really good yeah yeah it felt really good because uh easy to play devil's advocate and say oh no do services it'll help your revenue the problem is that 
if I want to build a, a nice little lifestyle business that works, but if I take on, if Matt Wensing takes on four or five clients, like the company still needs me, Matt Wensing, to do a bunch of work that only I can do. <laughs> and so if I turn into a consultant, it doesn't, for our customers, it actually doesn't help our business right. as much. So, uh, so if you're out there and you're fluent in Summit or want to become so, and you have a financial background, I'd love to hear from you because we are developing that um, that list of people to refer folks to. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yes. Felt good. Nice. Yeah. How's reform? How's reform? Um, got the update. No, How's it going this my, week? Uh, <laughs> my investor <laughs> update. We grew yeah. 7% in, uh, in June, which is mm. a, a good, like none plateau number. Yeah. The only problem is it's from a small base, so like uh, we need to grow more than seven percent. Even though a few investors uh, remarked that that was a good number, it's like in theory, seven is a good number, and you know, like double mm. in ten months, whatever. But uh, yeah, we need a bit more than that, actually. Um, yeah, but it's going in the right direction. I'm not sure it's gonna go. As well, this month, tell things are pretty quiet right now. It's summer, and mm. and that chart mogul scheduled MRR feature that they shipped the other day, where you can, can see like that for people that are already canceled, <laughs> but they haven't turned yet. Oh my <sighs> lord! Like, that's, <laughs> so f- you just start, you just start the month with like negative whatever MRR, and you're like, what? It's worse than starting with this zero. Is so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like the the sentiment on Twitter. I don't know yeah. what they're thinking, but like apparently, in their business model, they have a lot of MRR that people have committed to or kind of like owe them that they haven't charged them for because uh, they have a lot of expansion revenue. And and the examples they always use to talk about this new feature is like someone has committed to like a sales deal or whatever, like. And it's like no for most of us it's just going to be churn it's just going to be everyone who's cancelled and it's just like such a depressing way to start start the month overall numbers are still small um, but it is nice that we're starting to see uh, signups coming from Google more and more so just like just before we started recording here um, got a sign up from like a random hotel and they gave Google searched Google as a as a reason mm. or sign up uh, reason mm-hmm. and um, they their use case was like a customer support or like a, a customer service feedback or something and uh, they just signed up from Google created a form hit publish um, they're on the free plan now so it's just nice to see kind of works um, just need the numbers to go up and then need to make sure that we convert enough of the free users to to paid users as well but it's impossible to tell right now with the amount of users we have like we just need more and i I don't really care if they're free or paid i just want more people in the door yeah it's called yeah so um yeah so that's Mm. cool then um we launched convert kit yesterday while i had covid but didn't know i had covid (laughs) so (laughs) i was uh i went up to the summer house because we hadn't been there for three weeks because we'd been on vacation and stuff. And I knew that the grass was going to be insane. So, um, I went up there to mow the lawn and, and, um, launch convert kit. 
and I was super sick. So it was a really, really rough day. Everything about ConvertKit was kind of <sighs> scheduled in advance. So uh, yeah, yeah. that just all kind of happened. The tweets just kind of went out on their own <laughs> and the emails. And um, I just kind of like, Paused like the lawn mowing once in a while and like check my phone mm. and reply to people. Fun. It, it it got <laughs> a really positive response, which was really nice. And uh, Nathan Barry tweeted a, a, a few tweets about it. Yeah, and the official ConvertKit account tweeted it out. So you know what I you know what I really liked about it was the it wasn't necessarily the, the sheer numbers because I don't know those anyway. But I mean those are great. But the intensity of excitement from a few folks was nice yeah. to see. And that's actually more important, right? Is it changing a few yeah. people's worlds. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah, I think we did a few things right. I think uh, one thing we did right is I kept like uh, bugging Brendan Dunn, who, who's a huge like ConvertKit power user, mm. about how to make this like. I kept asking me like, what would make this like a better <laughs> integration than just whatever like everyone else has like the bare minimum and yeah. he has some pretty he has some pretty strong opinions but also like just like they're like non-intuitive but then when he kind of like sends you like a 2000 word long blog post that he wrote about it you kind of get convinced about like how to use custom fields versus tax and stuff like that so we what we thought we were going to build was not what he wanted um, mm. so instead we just built what he wanted and um and and before we launched it, I shared it with another kind of like ConvertKit power user, uh, someone who does ConvertKit consulting for a living. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't have a lot of time to look at this right now. My gut instinct is that I really like it. And especially that it's not just like tax. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and 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 it, 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 it intu- intuitively, like you want to just do the tax, but the fact that you did it with custom fields is like, my gut instinct is that it's really it's a really smart way to do it, and I just wrote him like, "Yeah, that's because Brandon Dunn told us to." And he's like, "Yeah, of course he did." <laughs> that's great, man. So, it's like cheating. So we not, we shared it to smart. a few people, and then they get excited and share it, and yeah, so that it's not that's like we good. got a lot of signups or anything like that. But now, I think we've established that we have it, and uh, yeah. We p- people know about it now. Like we gave them a good excuse to look at it, and um, mm-hmm. I think ConvertKit is going to do some promotion in their product as well. Uh, like yeah. they have a change lock when you log into the product and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice um, if they shared it there. And then, yeah, I I want to think more about like what our next steps are because so we have some product things we still want to do um, related to templates. And they're nice because they're going to help like with the onboarding for new ConvertKit users. But they're also nice because we can kind of use the templates um, to, like we can have, quote, influencers uh, help us make the templates or kind of like put their name on the template. Um, mm-hmm. And then they also kind of have an incentive to help us sh- share that template, I guess. That's my my hope, at least. Um, yeah. I just really like the idea of like some sort of influencer who shares a template and then when they share it with people in their community, they get a really polished experience um, with almost no setup and they just kind of get what was sold to them. Um, Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. 
yeah, so I think that's going to be really cool. Um, Bjorn nice. is working on that. If you remember when we were working on Branch, we built this thing called Hosts, mm-hmm. which was basically something we spent a lot of time on and thinking about it, but it was basically onboarding for CI. So you kind of, you pick your hosting company and then we had like a, a, a like a kind of like an onboarding flow for that specific yep. host that would configure everything for you, kind of like a wizard. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the same. So instead of just like pick this template, it's going to ask like a few questions about your brand, but it's also going to ask you, where do you want the responses to go afterwards? And then you mm. get like a list of like, what makes sense for that template. So mm-hmm. for example, Airtable or ConvertKit. So it's kind of like the data store, the integration part is like kind of built into the templates, which I'm stoked yeah. about. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot more guided and directed then, obviously, as opposed to, you know, all that stuff's there, but they have to kind of mentally keep track of what have I done so far? What do I need to do next? That sort of thing. Yeah, it's more like the way it works now is like, okay, now I created the template. Now I need to replace everywhere it says Acme with my own name. Um, Oh, right. Or like now I need to like find the integrations page and like scroll down to find like ConvertKit because it's a ConvertKit related template. But when it's a ConvertKit related template, why don't we just like set it up when you set up the template, right? Correct. Yeah, Um, that's good. That's good. And, And the product's also grown. Because it's the original onboarding, which you described is like the goal of it was to build a form and set it live. And now the goal is more, it's richer than that. It's like connectivity and you have this purpose in mind. It's about this tool that you're using. So yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, one yeah. there's one, uh, Jason Resnick uh, on Twitter was one of the, the, the people that tweeted about it. And mm-hmm. there's one person who asked him, about what you would like, what are the use cases for the, for this? And he mentioned like five different use cases in a tweet. And I just looked Mm -hmm. at that and thought like, I kind of want to ask him like how much we need to pay him to take that tweet. And and he does like education, but like take that tweet and turn it into like videos or something like that. Totally. Yeah. Um, Because that was really spot on. Um, Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Content, yeah, so content. we're putting a lot of work into templates, which also relates to SEO. Um, mm-hmm. I got I um, John Doherty, f- Doherty, Doherty, yeah, from <laughs> Credo, um, uh, one of our listeners, to do a, a report, uh, like a keyword opportunity report for SEO. It's really good. He doesn't do it all the time. Um, I think he he's thinking about like adding more availability. People should follow him on Twitter if they're thinking about this because it was really solid. And um, I was just lucky that he, I saw a tweet and he was like, hey, I'm going to do like three of these or something to the first people mm-hmm. that reply. And I was number two to reply. So he, he did great. one for me. Um, yeah. And what was uh, the value of the report? Like what did it basically report on or tell you? Yeah. So it, it, I, what I really liked is like he, he talked about the market what other people were doing and kind of like where we were at. And then like, and he, and he was like, it's going to be hard, but like, here's what I would do. And then he had a short term, long, a medium term and long term, uh, ideas. And that's how he grouped it. And it's like short term, I'll fix the, fix these things. Medium term, I would start working these things and long term I would invest in this, but it's going to be expensive, but I would, mm. this is what I would do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the good thing was that like a lot of it was what we already had in mind, which I liked <laughs> because mm-hmm. it'd be kind of like stressful to have like smart people say completely different things about what you should do. Um, but um, a lot of it was what we already had in mind. So it's just nice to kind of get a second opinion, but it also had a lot of new ideas that I hadn't thought about. Um, he actually thinks our position positioning is also kind of broken from a SEO point of view. So we, because people don't search for clean forms, like they search for search for online form builders, right? So mm-hmm. there's some stuff there to think about. Yeah, I might have tweeted about that this weekend. <laughs> Make something people Google for, I think this why. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's so it's it's so painful because you're like, no, I want to be new and different and and original and, and category defining and creating. You're like, that's fine. But if you can somehow figure out how to express that as a phrase somebody already Googles for, that's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's uh, tough. Uh, I have a question on on SEO for you, if we have a moment, but uh, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, your yeah, for sure. Update flow. So I just got a subscription to Ahrefs. Um, yeah. Because of all the recommendations, I haven't used it yet, uh, but I have a question for you. When folks embed or use Reform elsewhere, what is that? What what that creates a link, correct? And does that link, first of all, does, that, does Google see that as a link? If there's a link in the footer that says powered by reform, they would. So that link will be on the form, which is already on the reform domain, right? Um, so it's more of an internal link. Hmm. Actually, one opportunity in that report was to consider when people are embedding a form to have a link outside of the embed that people can... Like it's kind of gray hat, I would say, but like you can maybe like allow people to hide it or remove it like easily, but basically below the embed say powered by reform. So it says powered by reform on their website instead of on our website, if that makes sense. Huh. And okay. (laughs) If it's in the iframe, it's on our domain. If it's outside the iframe, it's in their domain. And then it's a link to us. Okay, okay. But you, as the embed provider, do you control anything that's outside the iframe? Is that even possible? Well, the thing is, we we give them an HTML snippet that they paste into oh, their site, enough. right? And that could okay, just include okay. an A tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And, they, and if they want to strip it out, they can. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. That's like It could be like a setting when you copy-paste it, like to mm-hmm. like not include it. But yeah. It would be okay. It, it would it would help. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But if it but, is inside an iframe which is sourced from your domain, then Google's smart enough to know that's not a that's not an external link to you. Yeah, the iframe doesn't really count. Like the iframe is like a little browser window, basically. So it's just its own okay. like, tab almost. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And so you're not really increasing your page rank for certain. If somebody embeds a job application form in their site doesn't help you rank higher on Google for job application form builder or anything unless you take additional steps, uh, like you said. It's like, for example, in job application, it might it might be that they have a job application and then they link to the form 
as part of the job application, like click here to fill out the form to like apply for the job. Mm-hmm. That would help. But just by embedding it, I don't really think so. But then at the same time, like I think Google is smart enough to like if if like thousands of sites are embedding Millions. something, like it yes. must like mean <laughs> that mm. it's like a legit thing or something. Like but I don't know. To be honest, it's I don't a- know. I'm not sure what the smart thing to do is for Google in a sense, because if you've got an iframe and somebody's embedded a widget that's, you know, great for booking tickets to music concerts or something like that, and for some reason that's on their site, wouldn't Google want to recognize the fact that apparently this company that's powering this this frame here is is good for that, according to this other guy? I don't know. It, it yeah. like, I understand it's not a, 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 a anchor link, but it's still... Yeah somebody saying yeah this that's is how valuable, i feel about right? no follow links as well like you know even though they say they don't follow them or like from youtube but i also know that like when we added a youtube video and a link back to the site like that page like rank really quickly or like hmm. you know it's maybe they follow it sometimes anyways you know <laughs> or they, yeah, they care yeah. about it more than they say or something hmm. i think it's still like, good to have a link and it's still good for people to embed your stuff. And and then yeah. all the forms are like links as well. Uh, they're still like reform links. They're still internal links. And they might have like outgoing links as well. So it's just like still a lot of stuff for them to crawl. And, it, uh, yeah. and, and there's content on those. And Okay. We don't so the number- index forms though. We I think we have them as like don't index these. Okay. Cool. Just want to ask this question. I mean, obviously, it's still good for driving some top of the funnel new traffic to your site because they say, "Oh, powered by what is this thing?" and they click it. Yeah, SEO effect TBD uh, based on Google's. I don't. That, I don't count on it. Um, okay. Really. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was my update as well. The only uh, I'll give a, a a teaser about what comes after templates. Um, we get a lot of requests for logic related features and we're kind of stuck with how logic works right now. So I think we've been talking about it for so long and not really moving on it. Then I think we kind of need to like just reconsider it. And, and I, I, I told Bjorn, like, I think we need some strong constraints, like maybe sit down for and say like, okay, we need, we need to find out a way to like solve this in two weeks. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to be like too big of a project, and we need to we need like a, a creative solution <laughs> to like support this. Um, so mm-hmm. we just have to be like creative about it. Um, that's what's going to come after templates when uh, templates got a big a big update. The annoying thing got about it. templates is you also we also need to create a lot of content around them before they're really good <laughs> and build the templates. And it's, it's not yes. just code; it's also content. Yep. 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 Definitely to make the most of it. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> yeah. Not. Cool. Yeah. So uh, alrighty, that's that's what's going on. Alrighty, that's what's going People on. People should uh, check out edgeflow.com slash out of beta to see the out of beta version of the <laughs> of the edgeflow website, and uh, they can learn more about what it is. Um, I do want to say one thing actually about that that I forgot earlier. I th- so th- I think they they would really like more like self service customers um self-serve customers and i think mm. our uh, audience is really good for like small startups um mm-hmm. and 
I have this idea I shared with them as well, but I would love if someone from the audience would um, would s try to use Eduflow for like onboarding their first team member or like second team member or something like that. Like create some content to like train like a new employee. And if someone is up for doing that, um, we'll totally feature them on the podcast as well and like mention their product uh, as part of as like an update that would make like the ad uh, even more <laughs> interactive, I think. So uh, cool. if anyone wants a shout out on the podcast, um, that's one way to get it to uh, check out Eduflow and, and use it for, for a real thing in your startup. Smart. Cool. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll talk, talk soon. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye for Thanks. now. Bye. <laughs>